Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Booze, Booms and Busts. We are on episode 68 and this is the Hogmanay 2021 edition. My name is Boaz Shoshan and I'm joined as ever by Sam Volkering for us to quaff a few beers while at the same time discussing market events. Uh, Sam, uh, you know, how was Christmas? Uh, yeah, Christmas. Christmas was uh, fantastic in the Volkering household. A lot of booze, a lot of food, a uh, lot of lights, a lot of Christmas songs, uh, a lot of presents for the for the little fellas. Um, so yeah, all, all around very good. Uh, what I have a question. What's the, what's the protocol for for Hogman? Is it do you say Happy Hogman? Is is that the standard yeah. greeting now? Is it? Yeah, Happy Hogman. Happy um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that, that works fine. I'm yeah. sure some people like go go crazy with with all the variations, one, but you know, Happy Hogmanay works fine. Very good. Well, and, Happy uh, Hogmanay. I'm re- oh, ready, ready for a, for a new year to to uh, say fuck off 2021 and hello 2022. <laughs> yeah, big time, big time. Happy Hogmanay to you too, Sam, and indeed Happy Hogmanay to everyone listening to this. We hope you had a very good Christmas, uh, full of joy and cheer, and of course booze. Uh, yeah, and bring on 2022. I've got to say, Sam, uh, it still doesn't feel like 2021 to me. So it's going to take forever for me to get used to calling it 2022. It's not going to feel like 2022 for a very, very long time. Probably not even until it's 2023. So uh, I'm going to be terrible at dates. You know, um, what's funny, I saw I saw someone tweet the other day. I can't remember who it was. And they, they were like, uh, make the most of 2022 because the next time there's a year with uh, three of the same number in it will be 2111. And I was like, what the fuck has that mm. got to do with anything? <laughs> mm. Yeah, but it, it kind of gets us into numerology and shit, right? Well, I, just, I don't know. Like, yeah, people into astrology and numerology and all that. So, but like three twos in, it's like, so the other day, right? Um, it was, uh, it was like 11, 11 and 11 seconds. And I just so happened to notice it. And I was like, hey, look, Haley, it's 11, 11, 11. And she's like, eh, that's good. You weirdo. Um, but I don't know. Some people are into that stuff, I suppose. But 2022, yeah, well, you know, it does 11, roll 11. off the tongue quite well, I think. Mm. Yeah. 11, 11, 11. Is, what's, it, what's that meant to mean when you look at it, when you see 11, 11, 11? It's like, um, I can't remember. Is it meant to be like your angel is like looking after you or something? I can't remember. You know, what, what it's meant to mean. It doesn't, 11 though, it doesn't rhyme very easily. But no, it's a it's a horrible word, really. Like eleven as a word is very ugly. I don't like it at all. Well, I was thinking about that, right? What is the nationality of Seven Eleven stores? Because they've managed to do something pretty good with the work with the number eleven, right? Yeah, well, so I think it's American. Um, it, they're all over Australia as well. But yeah, I they're think, in Sweden as well. I think it's already American. You don't get them in the UK, no, but no. you do get them in Sweden. And I'm pretty sure you get them in Japan as well. Well, so the thing about the UK though, right, is you guys have got, well, the off license, right? Every every other street has got this tiny little bolt hole where you can just go in, buy like the world's most expensive can of Coke and just piss, shit wine, spirits, beer, and maybe a tiny packet of crisps. In Australia, that does not exist. Like if you want to buy alcohol, you've got to drive to the bottle shop where you do drive through the bottle shop, admittedly. It's the drive-through bottle shop is is the greatest thing that the UK has not adopted yet. I think we might have discussed this before, but the off-license, vice versa, the off-license is the greatest thing ever that Australia has not ever adopted. So, (laughs) I mean, you give and you take, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And that's why 7-Eleven never took off here, I would imagine. Yeah, what... Yeah, I, I, the fact that it's in so many different places, and it seems, it, I would say, it's, it seems nationally ambiguous that you know where Seven Eleven actually comes from. It has to but, be American, doesn't it? But yeah, you didn't. Yeah, but they've managed to do pretty well with the whole uh, with the whole Eleven thing. It's not the easiest word to make marketable, uh, and they've managed to do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm I guess... to rhyme anything with seven. Well, mm. actually, you can rhyme heaven, but that's. Yeah, seven, eleven, that? yeah. That's about it, really. Uh, eleven. Eleven. The river maybe that's seven. where the angels thing comes from with eleven. Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think it's an angel. I can't. I can't remember. I remember someone saying uh, 
Well, like I think it's if you if it's eleven minutes past eleven or something, you're it's meant to be. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I know eight's <laughs> but, a lucky. Is it eight lucky number for the Chinese? Or like triple eight? Uh, well, yeah. Well, and well, I, I just know that four is a massively unlucky number across Southeast Asia because it sounds like their word for death in all of the different Southeast Asian languages. Oh, that's unfortunate. So maybe eight because it's double that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. If anyone, if anyone listening is a num- numerologist, num- num- numerologist, yeah, yeah, uh, a highly numerate individual. Why, <laughs> uh, Bob? Let us know. What are the important numbers that we should be aware of? Mm. Speaking of important numbers, I'm a little gutted, and this is probably due in part to me being away for a few weeks the other week, and us sort of going uh, quite a period of time between drinks for our podcasts. But wouldn't it have been fitting? If our final podcast of 2021, 69, yeah, episode yeah, 69, yeah, yeah. I'm a little yeah. bit, I'm a little bit shattered about that. To be honest, that we're on only 68. We, yeah, we, um, yeah, we missed out there. But then that, 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 that said, we can That means our we can, you know, start off with a bang with 2022. Our first Literally, one, complete, good, complete, yeah. you know, number 69. <laughs> but mate, it's what you got to really look out for is for, um, for, uh, for episode 420. I mean, that's uh, all right. Well we're, we're literally going to get blazed on episode 420. We're going to do an Elon and we're going to live stream it, video and audio, and just just blaze. <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah, maybe we can do something with the Fibonacci numbers because, uh, you know, people in finance just love Fibonacci retracements and all that. Um, I, I wouldn't have the fucking first idea where to start with Fibonacci. I think we just need to look at the Fibonacci. People in finance, not this people in finance. <laughs> Other people in finance. Maybe we can invite one on for for one of those episodes. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we've um, got, we've got one too many nerds on this show already. <laughs> well, I must say, uh, Sam. Uh, yeah, it, it's crazy that we've managed to reach the end of twenty twenty one. Because I don't feel twenty twenty one started yet. It still feels like twenty twenty to me. It it, uh, it has. But, it's a bit of a blink and you'll miss it kind of year, hasn't it? Mm, big time. Big time. Um, you know, a lot of things have changed, of course, this year. But that said, a lot of things have stayed the same as well. Yeah. In uh, in not the best of ways. So, yeah. But bring on twenty twenty two. Yeah, mate. Three twos. Maybe that's gonna. Maybe maybe that means it's lucky or something. Maybe a highly numerate individual, uh, highly numbered individual, can uh, can can tell us. Uh, what are you drinking? What first off this evening, by the way, Sam? Because I've got something pretty special here. Oh, all right. Well, I, I I wouldn't necessarily say I should have I should have actually gone with uh, one of the special ones, but I just grabbed I grabbed a couple of my B fifty two order, um, and the first one I've got is from the Wild Beer Company. Uh, it is called Pulsar. It is a hazy session IPA, um, smooth and juicy, tropical fruit flavors and aromas with modern aromatic hop varieties shine and saturate this smooth session ipa and it is a 4.7 percent uh yeah it's all right it does what it says on the tin so far a session ipa happy days all right all right now what i'm drinking uh this evening uh is uh i have no idea um oh i was this is a christmas present from our dear friend uh nikolai hubble over in Japan, ah. and it's a sachet, and yeah. it's got a kid on it drinking a looks like a, a cartoon stein of beer, and of course it's completely covered in Japanese oh, lettering, that which is I cannot read. Fucking awesome! I'm, but, I'm yeah, sorry, but, this is a podcast for everyone listening, but the packet that Boaz is holding up is amazing. We shall post an image of this on on, on our yes. Twitter if you do want to see see what this is, but. There is a, there's only one English word visible, which is beer, and it's just got this kid drink one, and it's it's a, just a sachet of stuff. And Nikolai, he didn't know what it really was either. I don't think he could have asked his wife for me, who could have translated, but of course that would spoil the fun. So he just sent this over from Komatsu in Japan as a Christmas present. It arrived, I believe, uh, yeah, I think it was just on Boxing Day. Uh, so you know, considering considering all of the the you know supply chain blockages, I'm, I'm glad it got here. And uh, I don't know if it's alcoholic or not either. I mean, I can't tell. Uh, Nikolai did send over what the numeral, the sorry, not the, what the what the letters are for alcohol, uh, but I am I'm pretty dumb, so like I wouldn't have been able to find him on this enormous list of uh, what appeared to me to be like hieroglyphics on the back of it. <laughs> However, it does have directions, uh, though I can't read what you know what the instructions are. 
it, where effectively just pour it into a mug, add water, and then and then it's suddenly all foamy at the top. Now, I tried this myself and I didn't get the foam at the top, but it has all dissolved. And um, I don't think it's alcoholic. Uh, so it's 14 grams worth, I think it's 14 grams worth of, um, of, of powder. Uh, what kind of powder, we don't know. Uh, but I have, uh, yeah, I pour one in. I, uh, Nikolai wanted a video of me taking my first scoof of it, uh, oh, which nice. I have since sent him. And uh, yeah, it's quite something. This is, this is basically how the Silk Road used to used to ferry <laughs> drugs around the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe maybe I'm going to um, maybe it's going to hit in in like five minutes, and this is going to be our wildest episode ever, Sam. Maybe it's, we're yeah. gonna, maybe it's going to be like having episode four twenty, but you know, se- several hundred episodes earlier. Your your eyes are just going to roll back in your head, and you're just going to start levitating off your seat. This is going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just going to collapse in front of uh, in front of the webcam here, and uh, and yes, yeah, so I'm just going to have to be yelling for somebody to come help. But anyway, I have I have given this a sip. It is a golden sort of clear color, and it, it, it looks like beer. It looks like a very it, look, it looks almost like champagne to me, or prosecco or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've had some. It does. It tastes. I'm afraid like apple juice. <laughs> it probably just powdered apple juice in a beer logoed sachet. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's just apple juice concentrate as a powder, and uh, they're <laughs> they're just selling it to kids as beer. <laughs> it's like it's like those those lollies, the sweets you used to get as a kid, and they were like in a fake cigarette packet, and they used to look like cigarettes, and it was really yeah. just candy. Candy sticks, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they were called they were called fags in Australia, actually, as the really? slang for cigarettes. Yeah, they've changed yeah, it yeah. to fads because of you know. Right. but anyway um it seems like it's the exact same sort of shit <laughs> yeah very clever i mean that's just how you get the kids to drink juice these days you just say it's beer fair, enough. fair play to the japanese i mean uh, yeah i mean i wish we had the ball to do that over here i mean i wish they were selling that at the, the supermarket you know, I, you know what i actually i feel like now i need to jump on the japanese bandwagon i've got i've got a bottle of hang on a second it's the it's a uh, twelve-year-aged um, Hakushu single malt, um, and I wonder if I should add some of it. Can you add whiskey to beer? Is that like a thing? Can, should that be done? You should not be doing that. <laughs> should I add a bit of single malt Japanese whiskey to no. my hazy session IPA? Absolutely not. <laughs> you can do that on episode six six six, Sam, and not before. <laughs> Well, all right. I won't add it to my beer, but I'm gonna have some. It is it is New Year's Eve after all, and um, I don't have any. I don't certainly don't have a special beer like you. Well, I use the term beer loosely, but um, I don't have a special one like you do. So, in in honor of um, Nikolai's weird sachet, I'm going to have some single malt to toast in the new year uh, at some point during this episode. Oh, very good, very good. Uh, I've you know, funnily enough, I um. Uh, what was it? Yeah, a friend of mine. Yeah, a friend of mine was drinking Yamazaki Twelve last. Uh, not not last night. It was a few. It was on um, Boxing Day, and um, we'd been to the pub, and we'd had a few Guinnesses. No, and he was drinking Tenants as well. So he doesn't even get you know, doesn't even get any any uh, sympathy here. But we we had we had some Guinness, uh, and then we went back to um, we went back to a flat, and uh, you know, and there were you know a few friends. And he was drinking some of this Yamazaki 12 and just got absolutely destroyed. And but it, it, we drank the same amount up until this point. And it wasn't like he drank a huge amount of Yamazaki 12 either. And um, just absolutely, absolutely destroyed. You know, falling off his chair, uh, walking him back to his house and, you know, couldn't get his keys in the, in the, in the, oh, wow. couldn't plug his keys in and it's like damn what was in this yamazaki he, he, he pissed in the oh, corner man. of his room thinking it was the toilet that night too didn't he <laughs> i didn't dare to ask i didn't dare ask but uh you know uh he did say he like suddenly found himself on the floor <laughs> in uh in you know when he was making his way to bed so uh yeah something in that yamazaki 12 man um, i tell you what you know speaking of your weird japanese beer sachet um and uh a couple of Japanese, but the Japanese do love a bit of it. Like for a, what you would probably think of as a reasonably conservative country, they love their piss, though, don't they? 
Mm, yeah, yeah. The, 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 I think the, the corporate drinking culture there is of a level which we can only aspire to. Yeah, and it's quality too. Like the J- Japanese beers are fantastic. Um, and and the, the, the whiskey is exceptional too. And of course, Japanese rice wine, sake. Uh, indeed, indeed, yeah, yeah. Amazing stuff. I understand there was um, something indeed which our, our friend Nikolai was telling me a while back, um, which I, I, I won't is this, familiar with. Is this, the, is this the thing that's made from the spit of virgins? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a completely different conversation, Sam. But now you said now this you is the, this is the episode talk. 69 conversation we need to have. <laughs> Well, go on. What, what, what is this thing you're on about? Well, do you want to tell me yours first? <laughs> do you want me to sh- should, do you want to show me yours? Or I think you should just get it out of the way, man. You've, you've, you've stepped in it there. I think it was Nick. I think it was Nick. And he was, he was telling us about there's, there's a type of sake that is, is I, th- I need to sort of verify and check this. I, it, it, it is true, right? So the, the core of it's true. But I think it's sake made from the fermented spit of, and, and they, the sort of, traditional way of making it is that the spit is from virgins from young female virgins and they use that to ferment i think the rice and and make the alcohol it's, look anyone listening google it google japanese uh, wine or japanese sake spit virgins okay it might take you to some I, weird I, it might take Sam, you to some I'm weird not my google search history with that <laughs> yikes how many lists in how many different intelligence agencies are you going to end up with after that Man. oh some of the shit i google i'm already on all those fucking <laughs> lists so it's, they're just gonna like oh this guy again um it's a legitimate it's a legitimate way i'm sure of, of making alcohol i think it's okay but it's a way of making alcohol is from the fermented spit of, of female virgins some dude in Cheltenham is just like, ah, oh, Sam, back again, huh? As he just <laughs> yet another another request be yeah, pinged to his computer to check out a certain Australian <laughs> living in the UK. Hey, you this know, is why this is why people co- keep coming back to us wanting more booze, booms, and busts episodes. It's for 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 information that they just don't hear anywhere else, including yeah. the people at GCHQ who are listening in right now. <laughs> Yes, hello, Merry Christmas, hello, five eyes. Merry Christmas hello. and happy Hogmanay to GCHQ. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the, I imagine some of them work in overtime these days. Um, <laughs> oh man, there's so much internet content now. There's so much more because everyone's inside all the time. So there's so way more stuff to sift through. And the algorithms, you know, we can't expect them to do all the work. So God, Can you imagine their cyber divisions when the metaverse really goes fucking full bonkers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can. Uh, oh, that'll be, yeah, but the, the metaverse you know the metaverse department inside like langley virginia <laughs> it must be uh, it must be a, there's a tv show in that it's a tv show in that. One, though, though, before we get there before we get there there was the uh the one story i did want to add regarding uh what nicola was telling us about uh japanese drinking culture well in the corporate only in the in the big co- so i think it's mostly you know sort of the uh, in sort of corporate tokyo uh where I think you're not meant to leave. You can't leave a work's drinks um, until your boss has left and you have to keep drinking uh, while they're drinking because otherwise it's very rude. And so as a result, uh, there are these, these uh, you know, just suited and booted fellas, uh, as you would find in, say, in the, in the city in London or, uh, you know, or elsewhere in any of the major, uh, you know, developed metropolises of the world. But they are in this, in this instance, quite uniquely uh, they are very much expected uh, to keep drinking so the boss can you know if he wants to if if, if he doesn't care or if he wants to just uh, you know really rinse his uh, his underlings can just keep drinking and uh, they just have to keep drinking with him so what happens is uh, apparently it's very common well at least it was very common this may have changed entirely under under the under Wooflu, but uh, it, it's very common that uh, you find these these chaps uh, just unconscious on the street, uh, you know, with their briefcase and with their suits and ties and everything, right? So you know, you find guys who are uh, you are unconscious on like Saturday morning here in Scotland, of course, but you know they're not in their in their business suit. You know, they're not they're not suited and booted. And so there was a Japanese artist, a lady, who made a habit. So she'd find these guys, and it was so common that she would uh, draw this uh, paint uh, like a chalk outline around them oh like they're God. like they're a body 
Amazing. And uh, and you know the, and this would this became a very uh, funny thing. So people, uh, it became so so popular and so well known that she was doing this, that you would they would get these guys who would wake up in the morning and then like look around, and then be ah, like, oh, you know, she got me. Right? I've, <laughs> you got. I've me. been chalk outlined it. Been bodied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bodied. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but that said, you know, we do uh, we do like our our Japanese beverages. Uh, yeah. I, uh, very much. Yeah. Well, of course, I am Scottish. The uh, Japanese whiskey is very good. I've always wondered why Japanese whiskeys always come with screw caps rather than with corks. I'm I've wondering... wondered that as well. Mm, yeah. Do you think it, does it make a difference? Yes. Yes, it will. Uh, they'll be very mild, mild. But I imagine, I wonder if it's an import-export issue uh, with some of the trade regulations or something. But uh, yeah, I've never been to Japan, so I can't, can't like, comment. So... It, with well, I mean, it's a similar thing with wine. So a lot of Australian wine is screw cap. Used to be cork, but even some of the is that higher, not just because it's cheap stuff crap, is still, Sam? Huh? Is that not just because it's cheap crap, Sam? <laughs> wow, <laughs> arguably some of it is, but no, even some of the good stuff is screw cap. I had some the other day, and it was a screw cap, and I was really surprised by that. But I'm sure there's an actual there isn't there is a reason for it. I think it actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it actually um, uh, keeps better, uh, stores better than a cork. I wonder. I wonder. Uh, well, it certainly won't get corked, which is always the risk. So there's always. <laughs> you know, you can imagine you, you've been to a restaurant. I mean, I'm, this has never happened, but to me, but I'm sure it's happened to anyone in the hospitality industry. Maybe there's maybe had this before, where some um, wannabe wine poser or wine wanker, as I like to put it, comes in and. Um, and, and orders a bottle of wine and it's it, they, they they swish it around and they send it back and say it's corked and it's actually come out of a screw cap bottle <laughs> <laughs> this is corked it's from a screw cap you fucking idiot um anyway yeah cool. cool story yeah classic classic cork story, classic you know. corked story. Yeah, yeah 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 okay langley virginia okay you're a new uh, recruit uh, you've just been recruited by the agency. Uh, you went to, I don't know, um, there's that university in, in DC where, where supposedly all CIA guys come, come from. You know, they've maybe studied international relations or something, foreign affairs, and uh, you've been drafted in to help out with this new division they're setting up at the CIA, the Metaverse Edition. Huh. You walk into the office, mm. what do you see? Um, a sex doll. A sex doll connected to the metaverse. Oh man! And like a, it's like a, it's like a CIA honey trap. I was hoping that you know we could you know the 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 more deviant stuff could wait for later on in this <laughs> this exploration of the CIA's metaverse edition. But yeah, you, you're so, just going look. This far. is I, I've I've had this same argument for new technologies for a very long time. That the fundamental driving nature of new uh new new technology platforms tends to be porn and 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 i'm going to stick by that the the, the thing that's going to drive the metaverse forward and and virtual reality which is a somewhat of a, a necessity for the metaverse it's going to be the sex industry that is going to blow that shit up literally mm, yeah i mean well, you know, I, I generally more lean on on the on the military applications when it comes to the development of new technology. But uh, yeah, I guess sexual. Yeah, no, the, the, the development. Yes, I, I, I'm with you on the military side of things. But the commercialization and the, the mass adoption, I think it's going to be driven by porn. Yeah, yeah I guess sex sells. Um, though, 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 interestingly, there was I did read, read, read uh, an interesting article recently uh, on sort of the differences between generations. And somebody was making the case that the Zoomers are actually going to be uber uh, conservative and there's going to be the big backlash. It was making the case that there was going to be a big backlash against um, you know, sexual liberation and uh, promiscuity and all the OnlyFans culture uh, in, in Western society today, which I thought was quite interesting. Mm. Um, but, you know, yeah, I guess we'll see. I, I mean, okay. I had Can this we discussion the other day, actually, with somebody. Oh, yeah? and, and I tend to agree. Like, feels like now is maybe the start of that era. But so I think I was watching a documentary actually on the seventies and, 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 and I was 
I think I was, I actually might have been with my wife and we were discussing. So, you know how like 90s fashion is kind of back at the moment? It's like a 90s. Yeah, yeah retro. The best um, decade in my view. Oh, I mean, I grew up, I was, my, my teens were spent in the 90s. It's a, a, a wonderful decade to revisit for me personally. But anyway, um, and we were, we were watching something and I think it was, was running through some of the other decades so we're like i think it was watching some 80s might have just been watching christmas videos christmas music videos and there was some stuff from the 80s and you're like yeah 80s sort of bit of 80s stuff comes back and then there was stuff from the 70s like haircuts and fashion and you're like you just can't ever see haircuts and fashion from the 70s coming back but then at the same time there's probably a very great deal of of the cultural part of the 70s which may come out from uh from sort of the the this if if we go into this conservative period then if that's the case it's only going to be a period of time and then out the back of that it's going to be probably the complete opposite right like the, the, mm. this full liberation um i wonder i, wonder. I mean like yeah you wonder because yeah i mean if you go further back through history right so you know, sexual liberation and all that is defined as very is very specific. It's not like something that's been described previously as cyclical. I mean, it obviously you got more social, uh, you know, more more socially uh, liberal uh, societies during various phases, like you know, the 1920s and things like that, and then it was followed by the 1930s, which was more repressive. Um, though I think, yeah, I wonder if I wonder I wonder if things have to keep going in a cyclical manner, or if they they'll, they'll evolve too much given the amount of technology that we've got. At our hands today um and things like that i mean it's funny we're talking about the 70s sam uh, when given the economic conditions now with all the inflation and real interest rates being uh, uber uber low it does feel like economic conditions are going back there we've got all, the, all these supply chain issues we've got uh big energy issues all across the board uh, so specifically you know you could look to, to germany with Nord Stream, or you could look to uh, the states where they've uh, you know the, the the fracking is no longer uh, one of the big well, they're no longer as energy independent as they would like. Mm. Uh, and you've got all these weird, uh, you know, all these, well, not weird, but all, all the supply chain issues, which, of course, during the 70s, you had all the all the, the petro, petro politics and the uh, your various petro crises going on during there. So I wonder if um, maybe, yeah, I mean, the 70s seemed like an absolutely terrible decade. But yeah hopefully the fashion doesn't come back even if the economic conditions do repeat right because i mean i can i can deal with that um, there are some things you just don't want to return the color um, scheme i think it's i think these i think these these decades these periods that we've had in the 20th century i think that i think we're gonna i think they are going to be cyclical i think they're going to be repeated in the 21st century i think we're going to see see those those kind what we we may not we may not we might we may not see such so obviously, you know, a defining part of the 20th century were the two major world wars and then sort of mini wars outside of that. Yeah. Every chance we probably well, just won't wars. see. <laughs> just, a, just wars. Um. Just wars. Just wars. We won't yeah. probably see those massive world wars. But there's certainly argument to say that we'll see periods that sort of are de- like out of what, what's happened over the last two years. It's It's almost like... It's almost like the last two years have been. I don't like. I don't. I'm not comparing. It's it's hard because I'm not trying to compare what happened in those world wars to what's happened in the last two years. But it's it it it's. There's a lot of similarities without the massive fucking death toll and war. Machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I don't know I mean, what I'm getting the, at with this. It's hard. I mean, it's hard. You're not. I'm not. I don't want to compare, but there are. It's, it's hard to not sort of think of it as in a similar think of it in a similar way it's a well I, I would beg to differ on some of that i think obviously this is a major economic event and a major economic shock i would i think sometimes it's a bit overblown where people comparing uh things like world war one and world war two to uh, where we have it now so obviously global supply chains got wrecked during uh, uh the first and second world wars however that said, I mean, a lot of in a lot of ways, the world is still very, very globalized, and of course, you don't have any of the actual destruction, uh, both in terms of human life and in terms of just capital stock. So you know, you know, 
places, you know, factories getting destroyed. Yeah. Uh, you know, places getting bombed, obviously. You don't have any of that. And the loss of life isn't isn't nearly the same either. So Yeah, I think what I'm trying to say is that there are catalytic moments that have happened because of the last two years that are similar. They're not similar in terms of, like you say, the, the physical nature of the periods, but like you say, economic shock. Okay, and okay, maybe factories haven't been destroyed, but there's been a fuck ton of factories shut down um because of you know byproducts of economic distress and um and loads of loads of businesses have have shut down and plenty of them won't come back yeah Uh, exactly right so it's not it's not like it's a physical like for like kind of thing but there's there are these kinds of like the world is a very different place as as it was back then and i'm i guess what i'm trying to say is that we will probably see i think uh, economic conditions um, you know, there's new technologies and a whole bunch of different shit, but the, the economically, I think we're going to be in for a real fucking rough trot. Yeah, big time, big time. I, I do, uh, you know, we're, this is a Hogmanay podcast, so I should not be raining, raining on Hogmanay. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we, we'll pick up the mood back to sex dolls in a minute. Oh. <laughs> actually, actually, that does rain on the mood, Sam. Uh, no, right. let, let, let's get back to the... Uh, back to singing you know, pissing. <laughs> watching watching I, bad I, movies. I, I was going to say that... Um, yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I, I, I really don't think this is gonna be a very nice decade. Um, so, yeah, I think there's gonna be some re- really grim things happen. I don't can say what they are, but um, I do, I do subscribe to that to the fourth turning idea. Certainly, broadly, uh, you know, the the Neil Howe idea that uh, Western civilization runs in these eighty year cycles, and uh, you know, last last one was World War Two was the the last fourth turning event. Uh, the twenty twenties are well. The this one is another. We're now in the middle of it, though. Uh, how would argue it started in 2008 and um, the one before world war ii would have been the american civil war which at the same time was a time of great flux for us uh, in the uk as well so mm. i do subscribe to that and i do think we're in for some very rough rise hopefully we are all fine i do think nukes nukes do change the game hopefully in a positive way in that we don't end up getting nuked yep. uh, but at the same time uh, it prevents a lot of conflict from occurring mm-hmm. so uh, hopefully that that helps as well but um you know, when you know when you're seeing articles in the Guardian are to arguing for price controls, the return of price controls to beat inflation, oh. uh, one does wonder whether or not the lessons of history are ever truly learned. Wasn't there a great? So, wasn't there? So who was the, who sung that song back in the USSR? I don't know that one. Back in the USSR. Maybe I'm, that's proving my age. Can't remember. Anyone listening that knows what I'm talking about, yeah, give us a shout out on Twitter. Um, I should mm-hmm. just Google it while, while we're talking. I'm sure there's a song called Back in the USSR. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I imagine there's quite a few. Some oh, of them not the even sung, ironically. It's the Beatles, Back in the USSR. Yeah, I, I don't like the Beatles very much. Sorry. Uh, I, I've maybe <laughs> alienated some of our some of our, uh, our listeners. but Well, there's a few. There's a few, actually. Other recordings. Oh, okay. Covers. Billy Joel did a cover, 1987. The Dead Kennedys did one in 2004. Well, it looks like The Guardian's done one in 2021. Mm. Have you ever heard It's Christmas Every Day in Russia? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, a Russian buddy of mine always used to sing that whenever he got hammered. It was, uh, it was a good time. <laughs> But uh, yeah, speaking of which, you know, I so I, a Russian friend of mine, uh, I did uh, did get to meet. I hadn't seen him since last Christmas, actually. He he was just back from Moscow, and there's this funny thing with you know the vaccines and everything, where he's got he's got the Sputnik, he's got Sputnik cool. Five or whatever they're calling it, cool. but it's not recognised over here. So <laughs> it's like uh, even if he wanted to be you know, to get or whatever certification they they want over here, they can't get it. They can't get it and whatnot. So well, that's wild, you know, isn't it? Actually, when when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I imagine it's the same in China with the Sinopharm ones and, and everything. Yeah. It becomes very, um, it's, yeah, it's just a big mess. Just a big, big mess. It's a big fucking mess. <laughs> uh, by the way, my, the second beer I'm on, I am. Ah, I yeah. did another great uh, discovery I made ah. upon my return to Aberdeen was that I had a box of Blockhead, which I didn't know I had. So uh, I, I'm drinking Blockhead once again, and it does age so well. I'm thoroughly enjoying this bottle of Blockhead, our 6.25% deep amber ale made in celebration back in 2020 of the Shit. Bitcoin block halving event. Was that you back know, in 2020? Fuck, 2020. Man. I'm telling you, man, it's still 2020. It's, uh, <laughs> it's still 20. You're right. I think you're right. Fuck yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, they say they say age is just a number, but it turns out the year is just a number too. Um, <laughs> just a vibe, yeah. man. It's just like, it's a vibe. The 2021 vibe just never, never came. It's, we've stuck in the 2020 vibe. 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we can't, you know, we can't get these shifts in sentiment and climate and fashion, Sam, because, uh, you know, we can't return to the 70s because we're just stuck in the year 2020 forever. Fashion will never change from then. So I do. Well, Karen. I, I'm curious, right? If so, if 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 like the 2020s uh, see a resurgence of the 90s fashion, do you reckon like so like in another 80 years time, do people look back at the 2020s and go, oh, it's a revival of the 2020s fashion, or do they just go, it's another revival of the 90s fashion? Like, does the 90 like the the 90s pioneered a lot of that that sort of stuff? Does Good question. It, is it like the the seminal decade for sportswear? <laughs> I wonder. See, this is the, this thing, right? So the thing with wearing retro is a, to my understanding, maybe a uh, fashionista uh, amongst our listeners can correct me on this, but the uh, the thing, the idea of wearing retro clothing is a relatively modern phenomenon, right? So when we're talking about the seventies, the seventies wasn't a throwback to another era, was it? Yeah, exactly. Or, or was it? I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I wasn't around then. I don't uh, think but- so. Yeah. Like there's nothing in the 1800s that really screamed 70s fashion. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, see, this is the thing. So, if, and this is, is what's, this, this is, is what's another, going through my mind right now. Is this like in another 80 years time? What? How does how does this shit process? Is this? I think that I think in 80 years time they'll look back on everything post post 90s. Uh, well, no, I won't say actually. I won't say everything post. They will look back at the era we exist in now as this time where there was no new new content, there was no original content created and everything was just a reboot or it was a sequel. Yeah, and fuck, you've just hit the nail on the head, I think. Yeah, see, this is something I wanted to speak to you about. I think, did I, yeah, have I mentioned this to you before? I only thought about this recently, but the Matrix 4, the Matrix reboot that they've done, yeah. feels you've like- seen it? No, no, I've not. And I'm not excited to see it either. So I don't, I'm not sure if I will. Yeah. Uh, but it feels like peak reboot and peak sequel. So back when you go back, what, 99 was when the first Ra- Matrix was released. And all yeah. the top movies back then were original IP. It was yeah. all original content. Incredible stuff. It feels to me that the fact that they've gone, they've gone to the trouble of rebooting the Matrix, it feels like peak reboot and peak sequel. And I'm hope that this is mostly hope on my part, rather than based on that. It just feels like such an extreme that's such an extreme thing to do. Um, yeah, I think I agree with. I mean, I think I agree with that. Is that, that a lot of the stuff just everything seems to be a rehash of old things done in a new way? Yeah, civilization just regurgitating itself because they can't. There's not. There's not enough creativity, which goes back down to low interest rates. Sam, this is what happens it's, in it a low. It always comes back to cheap rate. money. It does. It does big time. Because uh, I've, I've explained on the show how I think Marvel is just a product of low interest rates. Like the Marvel comic universe, uh, it just because the first one was Iron Man, it was released right after, well, I think it was, I think it was right after the crisis, uh, after the financial crisis. So it's late 2008. Uh, obviously, it makes a fair bag while everything else is not, not doing too well. And as a result, everybody just is like, okay, just give us more of that. I don't make it very different. Just give us more and more and more of that. But that's just my that's just my view. I know you are a big fan of the MCU. Oh, I am. Oh, I am. But I think you're right. I think it just seems like that it's like, all right, we've got a whole shit ton of money. We are going to do another sequel to um, some original IP from the 20 uh, mid mid to early 20th century or we okay there's some video games that we haven't tapped into yet that they look really popular um or they've been hugely popular because you know the video game industry i mean hollywood's big the video game industry is fucking impressively large as well Mm, um you know billion dollar games and game franchises so you know it won't be that long until there's a Fortnite movie um, I'm sure I don't think there's been a, you know, um, Call of Duty movie yet, but I'm sure there will be. We've obviously, you know, there's been a Mortal Kombat movie recently, which was a rehash of an original movie, which was, you know, taken from the game. I think we'll I think there's gonna be another Street Fighter movie. Um, there's a new Mario movie coming with fucking Chris Pratt. Fuck's oh sake. right, yeah, he's playing. Um, he's playing we've just seen Sonic the Hedgehog, and then Sonic the Hedgehog Two's coming later. So you know they're tapping. The Hollywood's tapping into the the video game side of things in a big way, uh, as Which well. They've never been able to do properly. No, no, you know, there's they literally you're right. There's never been a very very good video game movie. Um, even you know there was a bit you know the June movie that was released um, recently 
which was obviously taken from some some of the most quality original content you could ever you could ever come across but again the the movie was was done poorly before again none of its original stuff i mean Mm -hmm. you're right maybe we just we just we there's a a dearth of creativity everyone's like i have such a creative so many creative people everyone's so creative it's like actually no everyone's just a fucking copy Mm. yeah i mean there was that uh was there a book that was written called everything is a reboot but i mean i think this is taking it to really the next level there was a um the spanish conquistadors after they had uh were you know as a result of plundering uh, what is now Latin America, they, uh, you know, the, the gold that they had looted was effectively cursed because it destroyed their own, destroyed their own economy. So nothing productive, all of, no one did farming anymore in Spain. And uh, all of the, all of the uh, sort of economy became focused at finding ways to consume this, uh, these precious metals that they were taking over uh, in ships, you know, in these galleons, and uh, so as a result, you got these politicians at the time saying, you know, this was, this is terrible. You know, we're, we're just seeing gr- gross societal decay. And the, um, there were these things, they, there was a, what was the word that they came up with it? Or, well, there's a word that describes how much of the economy was based on, what was it? It was all on frivolities. It was, oh, I, forget, I forget the exact word, but it was a word for, uh, it, there's so much of, uh, you know, GDP was, was from people buying playing cards or cheap glassware. And, uh, you know, all of the productive, you know, the, the, the seeds of uh, strong future economic growth kind of went down the pot because they just had, they'd become so rich. They didn't know they weren't spending it well. They were just, uh, they were just blowing it all. Sounds and, like NFTs. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but I'm sure there are plenty of comparisons that we could make with, uh, with that, but it does feel like with all the reboots that we're we're just yeah, people have run out of ideas and they're just they're wasting money. But I got a question. You know, people for enjoy you. them, so yeah. I got a question for you. Is that is the market right now? What we've seen is this a, is this a reboot of nineteen ninety nine? Hmm. Hmm. Is the market now? Yeah. Yeah. Are we? I mean, are we is, this, is the biggest reboot of all about to premiere in twenty twenty two? Well, the fact that the Matrix 4 has come out now would suggest we've already had it. Because, of course, the first Matrix came out you know, during that kind of period. Though, of course, COVID has to mess around with the, the scheduling for that. Maybe it would have come out a lot earlier, if not. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny, funny Sam. I, uh, I've been receiving higher offers for an NFT I bought uh, way, you know, in, in summer, in, in summertime. Uh, I bought a Forgotten Runes wizard. And... Uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the the people are offering quite a lot of money for a JPEG of a pixelated wizard. I must say, have you got, you've got a level though. Everyone's got a level. I do, I do, and it's a meme number. You will be pleased to hear. I won't reveal what it is, as that might uh, as that might reveal. Is it, is it getting close, or is it still some way off? Uh, a little way off, a little way off. But then, <laughs> what you say, <laughs> what somebody says, could be a long way off. Could actually be a tiny way off in in the crypto world. So, it does feel like. Yeah, NFTs is still a lot of lively, uh, lively uh, interest in it, and uh, yeah, it will be very interesting to see how twenty twenty two plays out for for the entire crypto sphere in general. Um, hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, and Sam, and I would like to introduce our new segment here at this oh, point. Yeah. Oh, indeed. So, uh, Sam, you have received a large Christmas present. I would like to. Uh, could you could you explain to our listeners what it is? Yeah, so uh, one of the uh, one of the gifts I got this year was a a book, a large book with. Um, let me tell you exactly. Uh, there's there's 960 pages in it, including um, uh, including a glossary and a list of contributors and so forth. It is 1,001 beers you must try before you die, and uh, very much as it uh, does what it says on the tin, uh, there are 1,001 beers listed within uh, with a description of the country of origin when it was first brewed, the alcohol content, the serving temperature, a description of what the beer is. For instance, I open here to page 381. I'm in the blonde section, um, which is a section I've always liked. Um, and, uh, and I've opened to the Grolsch premium Pilsner, 
Uh, again, funnily enough, a, a beer that I have a great affinity with. Um, really? I, yeah, yeah, no. I, uh, so uh, I have a family that live in the city um, where Grolsch is brewed, uh, the origins of, of Grolsch and, and where its, where its brewery, brewery is. I've done the Grolsch brewery tour several times. All um, right. Wonderful beer. Wonderful beer. Reboot wonderful culture beer. once again. Deep, uh, a deep, deep uh, family affinity with Grosch. Um, but yeah, this uh, tasting notes and the whole thing. So yeah, there's a thousand and one beers here. And I believe we're going to, I mean, uh, you, you came up with the idea for the segment. Um, mm. I am going to work through this list before I die. Um, there's many that I can already cross off, I'm sure. And there's probably yeah, yeah. many that are not in here as well. Many that we've probably drunk on this show. But uh, yeah, if you want to explain the game, uh, mm. of, of the thousand and one beers then uh then we can we can get started i was thinking that what we the the challenge would be uh you just need to open it up at a random point and it needs to be a beer that you've not heard of before uh so this may be tricky for us but i think with a thousand and one beers should, there should be a fair amount of variety there and we need to find a way of linking something to do with this beer to a financial event or to a financial trend or just to speculation in general Maybe even just relating it to the present day. Okay. This is going to be tough because there's some fucking weird beers in here, man. No, that's what we need. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's the challenge. Yeah, right. Well, should we? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open to a page. Mm -hmm. And here we go. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. You've maybe not heard of this one. And it's the Le, Le Angeles. The. Le Angeles. Le Angeles. Nope, not heard of that before. Uh, which is uh, country of origin is France. First brewed in 1988. It's a 7% uh, alcohol content. It's a blonde as well. I've gone back to the blonde section. Uh, serving temperature, nine degrees Celsius. Uh, yes. Nine degrees Celsius. Damn. That sounds pretty warm for a beer, you know. <laughs> that is actually quite warm, isn't it? Especially for a French one as well. I thought they were all about the cold stuff over there, but you know, oh well. Um, okay, uh, any description that we can use to uh, to help? Uh... Um, what have we got? He says brewed midway between Lille and Lens in northern France. Um, farmer August Male had long been brewing in his village, um, but decided to make it a business venture. Um, it, being close to the front line in two world wars, uh, the brewery is still owned by his descendants. Uh, there's not a lot to go on here. The beers undergo weeks fermentation in horizontal tanks and up to five weeks of guard prior to bottling. Um, the label and voluptuously shaped glass. So it has their own glass. Oh, yeah. Um depict a peasant couple working in a field and offering thanks to God. Hmm. Well, I think the connection to uh, both world wars with the brewery being close there uh, probably helps with our, with our cyclical discussion today hmm. uh, regarding uh, the uh, current economic situation. Hmm. It is interesting how the Europeans, the European breweries have this thing for making uh, glasses specific to each brewery. I've always really yeah. liked that about the Belgians, and I believe the uh, you know the Dutch do it too, yes. and and it seems the French as well. Uh, we should do that much more here, but I imagine there's some weird regulation or something that prevents it. <laughs> there's, there's some sort of uh, 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 legislation that was brought in uh, by Churchill or something that prevents glasses being made by a specific brewery. I don't know why it'd be Churchill, but yeah, um, probably probably somebody. Uh, but yeah, can you think of anything that we that you would take from that that we could uh, we could bring through to our to our discussion today, Langelo? It feels like it's a it, the origins are a very agricultural style brewery family, really in touch with the earth. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like the kind of place that Monsanto would probably come in and <laughs> and buy and just fuck up. <laughs> yeah it's, it doesn't seem like that i don't think the french would let monsanto anywhere near or angelo uh the, the brewery yeah yeah so maybe maybe like it's a a sign it's a sign it's a divine sign that, that we'll be returning to more organic roots um, mm. oh, yeah quite possibly quite possibly which Going you know we're talking end. about the conservatism uh conservatism of 
conservatism of uh, of this of the you know potentially this next generation, this next yeah yeah that people going for that trad lifestyle, culture. being yeah, uh, being the, one with the earth yeah yeah being the the organic the 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 good for you generation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sam, maybe, maybe like uh, dirndls are going to come back uh, among amongst the ladies. Maybe that's going to be uh, you know, the the new fashion of the twenty twenties will actually be dirndls. Yeah, yeah. I oh, think they're called dirndls. Uh, they are. Um, they're like a. It's like a. It's like German uh, farming. Well, it's like German or is it Austrian? I don't know. It's like uh, you know continental European. Uh, I believe German uh, like farming dress, and it's. Uh, you know, what they'd wear when they're uh, out ah, in the yes, field. Yes. Oh, it's the, I know what you mean. The, the, uh, it's the kit you wear when you go to Oktoberfest if you're a girl. Uh, could be. It is. I'm not Definitely. sure, actually. It, and the thing with like the way the, um, uh, the time. <laughs> wear of the lederhosen, the girls wear the dirtles. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it seems like it seems like God don't. So, yeah, maybe that's going to come back. Maybe it's not just going to be for Oktoberfest. It'll be, uh, it'll be every day of the year. We're going to get, uh, you know, people are going to be kitted out. All the way through the 2020s. Actually, you know what? So speaking of farmers, this is interesting. So I um I was watching Discovery Channel today, yesterday. Can't remember. Um, I was watching Discovery Channel this week. Uh, you know that period between Christmas and New Year's when you just don't know what fucking day it is? Um, that's that's yeah. happening to me right now. I couldn't tell you if it was a Tuesday, Thursday, or Wednesday. I, I have no idea. It's probably not none of those. What is it? It's Friday. Um, anyway point was uh so there was this there was a show it was this outback gold hunters um and there was one of these dudes oh no outback opal hunters about opal guys in uh, australia trying to find opals to sell to you know for jewelry and stuff yeah because um, you don't really use opals for anything else um and this guy he was like i used to he used to be a farmer but he got wiped out by the drought and so the only thing that he could go and do was just go and dig dirt in the middle of the outback trying to find opals because the natural environment had literally wiped out his livelihood. And, um, you know, the, it seems like that's a pretty relevant, uh, relevant uh, topic for finances and economies is this. And, and you see it in Australia with particularly where there's a lot of farmers and a lot of agriculture that is just going out of business because of the effects of, uh, the 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 environment, the dr- massive drought, uh, plagues of 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 insects or or, or rodents, uh, there's literally destroying people's livelihood, and so they have to turn to just digging up dirt, looking for precious stones. Damn. Uh, though you know there is the uh, the upside with Australia being just so very rich in those in those resources. So you know you got there are a lot of opals. yeah yeah maybe 2022 watch- is the year of the opal. Maybe opal jewelry. That's that's really yeah. the sign. Out of everything we've talked about today, folks, from um, uh, Japanese beer satchels to seventies um, fashion never coming back. It's mm. or oh, hopefully get some yeah, opals probably, in twenty twenty two. Yeah, opals. Why not? Uh, did you watch that Netflix movie? I think this is twenty nineteen with Adam Sandler. Uh, Rare right, gems. Uncut gems. Uncut gems. Yeah, yeah. yeah, is it not a massive opal that he's got in that? That's like the driving part of the plot that's been dug up by uh, Jewish folks in Ethiopia or something. It could be, it could be. I think it's an opal. It's just an enormous opal. Like some of the finest, like some of the most beautiful, rare opals are worth a fucking fortune. Yeah, yeah. That's the same for I think for rare stones in general. If you just get yeah. some kind of rare stone, it just happens to be really big. It'll probably yeah. command a enormous market price. I must admit, if like if you're talking about precious stones and gems and all that sort of thing, I, I mean, like I, 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 I don't really get the whole diamond thing. I mean, I still very much subscribe to the idea that it was a, a construct of Hollywood, um, but nonetheless, uh, if you're looking at the actual beauty of some of these gems and, and rare stones and things like, that, I think the opal is by far and away the most beautiful thing to actually physically look at when you mm. it's like there's a universe inside some of these things yeah yeah no, that was uh yeah they are yeah some some rare stones are especially when they're large i mean if it's just large enough you can end up sort of marveling at it anyway it's like an orb or whatever if it's big enough everyone's gonna like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean uh you can imagine you can imagine some of the i yeah 
I would I'd love to be there in any of these places where they dig up dig up some enormous rock, right? And they're like, wow, what the hell are we going to do with this? There was that um, you know, the largest gold nugget ever in Australia, right? There was that dude, probably, and he is I think his son had found this enormous thing, and he thought it was like a dead bird or something, or it was <laughs> a log. He was like, put that log down, and it turned out it was just this enormous, it's the largest ever gold nugget ever found. Um, once again, in Australia, uh, where all these rare, rare uh, minerals, elements, stones. Uh, I would love to imagine imagine having some sort of device that could tell you how much gold was still in the ground in somewhere like Australia. Not, mm. not necessarily where it was, because that would be cheating, General. but just yeah. overall, like the sheer quantity of gold that is actually there yet to be discovered. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you get some decent estimates, but they'd still be. It yeah, must be a lot. Must be know. a lot, considering how big some of these gold mining companies are and how many of them still operate uh, yeah. out there. It must be a lot still, because otherwise it's just not economically viable, right? Yeah, yeah. On the topic of uh, of, of rare finds uh, and on precious metals, for that matter, actually. Um, so earlier this year, uh, yes, yeah, so I, I, you know, in my own sort of. Uh, eclectic mix of you know precious metals and things i quite like uh, victorian sovereigns uh, ones from the sort of uh, you know sort of 18 1840s 1850s 1860s which have the which have the portrait of queen victoria when she was uh, quite I young have, on them yeah and it's quite a uh, there it's crazy how well loads of these have been preserved and how cheaply you can buy them relative to uh, other sovereigns in general i, I always find but uh, I, I quite like buying these and uh I found it they're, they're very distinctive and I was like you know what I want to buy I want to buy a crown from that era so a silver crown from that era uh, which has the same portrait of Queen Victoria so it's effectively like a sovereign but just massive and made of silver so it's still got uh, the young Queen Victoria portrait and it's still got the shield back on on the reverse which has uh, you know the, the sort of the royal royal crest of Great Britain at the time and uh, yeah, anyway, I bought one of these and I had it delivered to, uh, to an address in Aberdeen because I was traveling all over in Airbnbs and whatnot. So I only get, got around to investigating it here uh, since I've been back in Scotland. And um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, it's very, very bonny indeed. Uh, it's crazy to think this was actually once upon a time people used that as currency. Like you could mm. actually have that in your pocket and you could hand it over to people and uh, you know, get a load of change for it because a crown was an awful lot of money once upon a time. And it was from uh, 1844. And it cost roughly the same amount as a sovereign, uh, so it felt like you know, it felt like you know, decent enough trade, even though the silver content is, of course, much, much, much. You know, it's not worth nearly so much as, as the gold in a sovereign. But anyway, go on of these. At the same time, uh, I recently was invited to open a coin collection of a relative of mine that had been left uh, unopened because we didn't have the key for it for about thirty years. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, been left dormant for a very long period of time. Uh, so yeah, been left on for more than I've been alive. And uh, anyway, uh, a locksmith was asked to uh, to make some keys for it. He did, uh, and I was asked uh, to do the honors of opening it and having a little look inside as wow. part of the uh, you know because people know I, I like precious metals and I like all coins and things like that. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not you know, I'm no numismatic expert at all. I just know kind of like what I like. But anyway, open this thing up, and um, the second coin I bring out of this thing. Is uh, is a young Queen Victoria silver crown uh, from one year later, eighteen forty-five. Oh, wow. Amazing. Complete. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was, it was it was pretty nuts, but yeah, they're they're, they're old coins. It's really weird. Uh, you can see I can understand completely why people like them so much and they value them. And yeah. uh, numismatists all over the place are, uh, are crazy about them. But but a relative of mine uh, did find. So the first coin that I drew out of there, I happened to just pull the right the right drawer out that had uh, the rarest stuff. And um, a relative of mine had found. You know, I just managed to find uh, through uh, through his business uh, through had uh, been left effectively in a field somewhere after you know, under some dirt. Had managed to find uh, find a um, a florin uh, from well, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it's a florin from fifteen sixty six. Wow, in very good condition, and it was one of those coins that's so old that you can uh, it had actually been clipped. So it was back at the time where people were actually clipping coins to get a to, to debase them and get a bit of silver outside. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it, it really is uh, crazy just how well some things have managed to age. And, so and about you think about stuff. think about like the journey that that 
that's been on and and the hands that it's touched and where it's been and used and exchanged and yeah they didn't have covid back then sam that's crazy (laughs) that's so crazy the world that it existed in is just that's bonkers yeah 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 it's not uh, so so very alien to to what uh to what's around today but you know i can see why yeah. people are really after that stuff um yeah that's pretty nuts pretty nice yeah, that's really cool <laughs> yeah it was complete coincidence as well so a nice a nice sort of uh, around the christmas period a nice christmas surprise that it's uh um, it sounds it sounds like a divine uh a divine event to be honest yeah, yeah. 1844 you know? and then 1845 yeah uh, one after the other huh? like it was meant to be <laughs> Yeah, quite possibly, quite possibly. Now, Sam, how would you rate your your beers that you've had mm. this evening? Yeah. Um, so, well, the second beer, I didn't even uh, explain what it was. So, the second beer I had was um, Apocalyptic Thunder Juice uh, from the wow. Amunzen Brewery. Oh yeah. Um, which is in uh, Norway. I think they're American, aren't they? Norway. All right. They, they've yeah. got really crazy uh yeah. art yeah yep. crazy it's like a totem uh a crazy totem with a ufo and like um a volcano and lightning and it's yeah it's wild and a, and a giant oh, wow. eye in an in a big wave <laughs> it's and it's yeah, orange and green and red but um so that was uh where are we 6.5 percent new england ipa um that was pretty good actually um i actually enjoyed the pulsar the first one a bit better um both quality beers um i enjoyed the pulsar a bit better i think i'd give the pulsar a b minus and i think i would give the um amunzen uh apocalyptic thunder juice an a plus oh very good very very good Uh, as we are reaching the end of the show i guess we should pour our our drams for hogman a i should yeah yeah uh, let's see. I've I've got my whiskey collection nearby. I'll, I will consult and see what we should be uh, what we should be drinking this eve. Well, true. I mean, I've got a couple up here as well. I've got uh, there's the Hakushu. I've got a uh, a single malt Yura, and I think there's the one you sent me. Actually, I think was the uh, is it the oh the Abuna the Abula. Yeah, you can't really go wrong with a Buna. That's in my uh, that's in my desktop, uh, yeah. <laughs> my desktop decanter. And I've got a a a, a, a Johnny Blue up there as well. Um, I don't know. I don't even yeah, you know. Should, you, you should get rid of the Jura, mate. It's spoiling your collection. <laughs> well, there you go. It is at the back. It is the most hidden of the lot of them. <laughs> um, to be fair, none of them are open except the Hakushu. So I'm just going to stick with that. <laughs> Oh, fair enough, fair enough. I think I shall be going for the uh, Glendronic cask uh, cask batch eight cask strength. So it's batch eight. A lot of people think it's uh, it's cask strength eight year old, but it's uh, it's just because it's from the eighth batch, uh, so it's it's undated. But uh, you can't go wrong with cask strength Glendronic, in my opinion. So I think that's what I'll be having this Hogmanay. Have you got a glass, Sam? I've I've got. Hang on, I've got a another glass here that, yeah, a water glass that I have now emptied. So, <laughs> I, so I always have, I have a, I, I do, I do have a, a pint of uh, water usually alongside my pint of, of beer, um, but I had to make sure that the water was empty before. Although some people do like a splash of water in with their whiskeys, don't they? Yeah, I yeah. Uh, it depends. Some people like it when um, with peated stuff uh, or with very heavily uh, alcoholic whiskeys to uh, um, so you can taste more of it. So if it's really alcoholic, uh, the alcohol will numb your tongue, so you won't be able to taste enough of it. So they like adding a tiny bit of water because that will uh, um, allow. I should also taste. probably uh, add that uh, Santa this year had uh, had a uh, dram of the Hakushu with his mince pies <laughs> when he was dropping off the presents for the boys. So very considerate of your boys to be leaving Hakushu out for Santa. Eh? I know, yeah. I know, right? It's only only the best for the big jolly fat man. <laughs> mm. Imagine being a Santa denier in this day and age. Ah, oh, I mean, what's the point of living? Yeah, exactly. Big time, big time. Mm. Oh well, uh, to everybody listening, a uh, very happy Hogmanay. Hope you have Indeed. a great. 
2022. Uh, cheers from from Aberdeen and indeed over in uh, is it Wolverhampton you're based, Sam? Uh, yeah, I'm up uh, up up that way. Um, I, one, I was going to say when you were saying cheers to everyone as a, a somewhat of a slang Aussie term for when you're having a having a drink with some some friends, uh, which we all are here at Bruce Brooms and Bust. Uh, yeah. Up your bum is. A, oh, really? That's that's yeah. what they say. Yeah, <laughs> up your bum. <laughs> How very Australian, Sam. Yeah, up your bum too. Great. Uh, I, I guess I guess the the toast, the very formal toast here would be would be to say slange, uh, which is the appeal thing. It's like said slaint because that's just how it's uh, how it's spelled. But yeah, slange. Uh, yeah, hope everybody listening has a very very good 2022. Strong investment returns and uh, and some good booze consumption wound in there as well. And uh, yeah, we'll have uh, plenty more episodes coming up. I think so. Yeah first episode of 2022 episode 69 it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be raunchy yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a good one we need to um yeah that's gonna be yeah we need to make that a we need to make that one uh thorough thoroughly deserving of its meme number i've, I've already um, got something i want to i've already got a topic i've got i've got something i want to want to talk about uh for episode 69 i was almost i was going to talk about i just didn't get around to it today but um yeah tune in it's it's gonna be it's gonna be smashing yeah well there you have it folks uh tune in next year Uh, we shall be back of course with further episodes and we hope you have a very good one in the meantime we'll see you then